Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, 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 my friends. Welcome back to the Sample Chapter Podcast. I am your host, Jason A. Meiske, and oh my gosh, we have a wonderful discussion for you today. A great interview, if I do say so myself. We are talking to someone I have had the absolute pleasure to speak with twice before uh, making his third trip back to here to the show is Gary Morgenstein. And you know, the unique thing about this interview is that in the past, uh, what we've been doing is discussing his Dark Depths books. Uh, They are a sci-fi, dystopian, speculative fiction baseball story um, after World War III. And we have followed this series from book one that we listened to back in 2020 on episode 118. Book two was in uh, 2021, episode 167. And now here we are with episode 250. Gary's returning with book three, the finale of the series. And, uh, you know, this is a, it's a unique thing for the show. It's the first time that I have, have had somebody on covering the same series and uh, you know throughout and you know this is pretty exciting I'm I can't wait for you to be able to hear uh, what all Gary has been up to uh, everything that he's you know put into this book and the uh, you know the ups and downs of writing a series and coming coming to a conclusion with it you know it's been almost a hundred episodes since he was last year uh, so there's a whole lot that we're discussing um uh, how the sausage is made, to use a phrase from Gary. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about all that. We have, uh, you know, one of the other wonderful discussions is how books are a unique entertainment experience. And, uh, you know, one of the phrases that Gary uses, again, to, to quote Gary, that just really caught my attention when he says, the characters are the ones who live in the reader's mind after. And uh, I just thought that was a profound statement. It was It was really great. You know, this is this is just such an enjoyable, delightful chat. I always have a really nice time with Gary because he, he is himself just a very pleasant and enjoyable person. And I know you're going to really enjoy this uh, this discussion coming up here in just a moment. And and you get to hear in the interview, too, that uh, yeah, Gary is indeed in New York. And you get a little bit of the sounds of New York in the background. And that's, <laughs> that's always fun to get uh, unique background sounds. Uh, speaking of unique background sounds, I've had a few of you have caught on to the sound of coffee brewing during my opening segment like this here in the last few episodes. Yeah, I've, I've been recording these in a different section of the house, uh, in the dining room actually, and the coffee maker is right beside me. So today, I don't have the coffee maker going yet. It's loaded and ready to go, but yeah, no coffee going yet. Uh, but of course, that means I've been brewing my favorite, which is the Rogers Block Coffee. They have three delicious flavors uh, that you can choose from. You can order one or order them all. Set them up on automatic shipping if you like. And uh, whenever you do, make sure you use the coupon code SAMPLECHAPTER to save 10% off your order. They are an affiliate of the show, which means ordering through them uh, using my code. uh, That gets a little something back for the show. Helps us keep the lights on, as they like to say in podcasting world. But yeah, rest assured, as soon as I'm done with this section right now, 
Uh, with this section, I'm going to hit that start button and uh, have myself a nice cup of writer's block coffee ready to go to finish editing this episode. So click that link in the show notes to find out more. Uh, don't forget to also click the link in the show notes for our podcast friends at Pop Goes the Culture Network. They have about 10 other shows in the network, all of them wonderful, all of them fun, and all of them pop culture related. So whether you like hearing about movies or celebrity gossip, or you just like discussing comics or, uh, you know, even books like this show, uh, there's something in there for everyone. So click that link in the show notes to find out more. I've been having a really nice time this past week since Bandit 2... Uh, Bandit Underground, the pre-order has gone live, and uh, that's did re- that's done really well. Uh, Bandit 1, I put up on sale through the weekend, and oh my gosh, I was blown away with the reception of that. It it did very well, and uh, just I humbly thank you. You know, it's the first time so far as an author where one of my books reached number two in a category, reached number two in one category, reached 18 in another and I was in the top 6,000 across ebooks on uh, on Amazon. So that was that was a really cool experience. I I took a picture of that, and I I kept coming back. I kept taking a look to see if I was going to cross that you know bestseller ranking, but it just couldn't quite crack that you know get get past number two. So, but that's all right. I'm I am <laughs> humbly grateful for uh, getting that high. Because, uh, you know, the next day, once the sale was over, the very next day, I went from number two up to over a thousand in the same category. So, I mean, it just kind of goes to show how competitive it is in the uh, author's world. But, uh, yeah, I'm Bandit 2. The edits are coming along nicely. Completed another round just the other day uh, over the weekend, uh, which was not easy because I was watching that amazing Chiefs game in Germany that was taking place. So that was... <laughs> I was very distracted during that game, uh, but yeah, I got to uh, I got finished up another round of editing and uh, beginning to move some things around now to change up the pacing. I want to um, adjust that part of it, and then uh, uh, then I'm going to be playing it for my ears to you know to see how it sounds, to see you know what it would be like if uh, if it was being read on like an audible or or something like that. And, uh, you know, that's a good way to catch more mistakes uh, whenever you're editing. So looking forward to that coming up. Meanwhile, I think it's time to go ahead and get that transition and uh, hop on over to our interview with the delightful Gary Morgenstein. Hello, Sample Chapter listeners. Welcome back. Hey, I have... A wonderful guest that uh, I, I know you know because he's a now three-time guest of the show. Uh, a guest that that really needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Uh, Gary Morgenstein is our guest, and Gary is the critically acclaimed author of the Dark Depths series, A Mound Over Hell, Fastball for Freedom, and the book he's going to be talking about today, A Dugout to Peace. Gary's an award-winning playwright. His works include A Black and White Cookie, A Tomato Can't Grow in the Bronx, Dancing on Glass, and Walking Charlie. Morgenstein's work has been featured in New York Times, Entertainment Weekly, Parade Magazine, and the New York Post, Sports Illustrated, Fox News Radio, and NPR. From out of Brooklyn, New York, uh, and 
previous guest to the show, ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome back to the show, a dear friend, Gary Morgenstein. Thank you, Jason. I'm delighted to be here. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you back. Yes, yeah, uh, same here. What a journey it's been. Oh, my gosh. We, we've oh, covered man. this whole series, starting with Mound Over Hell back in 2020, Fastball yeah. for Freedom in 21, which, you know, and I didn't realize, so I was getting all this set up, that we we connected, like, within nine months and, like, 50-something episodes in between, but still, uh, we were we were got together pretty quick, and so now it's like, wow, it's been two years. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, and, and the journey began, I first started writing it in May 2015. Uh, actually, you know, the, the way the sausage is made uh, for writers, uh, my <laughs> wife and I, it was a Sunday morning, my wife and I are listening to the Beatles and having a, a breakfast of uh, everything bagels with cream cheese with a schmear, for those of you who, who know, who, who might be aware of what that means. Uh, and it popped into my head, what about a, a novel uh, about baseball's last season in an America which has lost World War III and the uh, nation is now run by something called the family and the leader is called grandma. I thought, hmm, not so bad. But now I made a little <laughs> flesh on them, you know? Now you got to put it together. And now, uh, you know, well, it, it's going to be 1,600 pages later over three books. Uh, uh, Dug Out to Peace comes out um, December 5th and I'm very, it's gotten so far, very lovely uh, advanced reviews. It's called Powerful, uh, The Boys of Summer Save the World, which essentially is what happens. And it's also, it's dystopian and it's political and it's baseball. But the thing um, when you write a dystopian novel is you're not a prophet, okay? You're not predicting the future. I think that's very foolish. I mean, as mm -hmm. all we have to do is, you know, wake up every morning and say, oh, what? happened what <laughs> right uh <laughs> but you want to show have a world which people will say oh i could see that happening in my world mm -hmm. um amount over hell um opens up in 2098 uh after america and the west has lost world war three to the islamic empire all right there we go mm -hmm. um democracy is dead patriotism is dead religion is dead well, well this not everything's bad because um, social media is banned under the anti-narcissism laws. So there's something, you know, positive to be said about that. And it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a nanny state where America is, uh, America has become and baseball discredited, disgraced for being associated with the old great America, which people mm -hmm. th felt that hubris um, led us into war and led to our downfall begins its final season down to two teams who play at crumbling Amazon stadium, uh, the, the ballpark formerly known as Yankee stadium. And then yeah. by some sort of fluke magic, um, it, it gets explained down the road. A couple of great players from the past show up, Mickey Mantle, and then a courtly Southern gentleman, Ty Cobb. And then from the near future, one of what will be who will be one of the all time greats, Mushi Lopez, a woman who um, mm. switch hitting. She's kind of like the uh, Shohei Otani of, you know, 2050s and 60s. And she was also a social activist and baseball is revived. But baseball becomes a point because um, there is elements in America and elements in the Islamic Empire 
who would like real peace. Uh, and there are elements on both sides who don't want that. And mm -hmm. so over time, over the three years, over the three books, baseball becomes sort of the epicenter of resistance uh, of ordinary people uh, who had no desire to become heroes, but they're thrust into these roles and they try to um, bring the world together again. And um, it's really at the end of the day, it's about it, it's about faith and not faith in, in, in a God or religion. It's not that, but faith in ourselves and each other to get through yeah. the darkness. Because I think writers, I mean, nowadays this, um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll come up for breath and let you <laughs> ask another question. <laughs> nowadays, you, you know, there's so much social messaging in entertainment. And it, I think, and that's great. I mean, it should be writers, artists, hold up a mirror to society. They, we've been doing that, you know, going back to the ancient Greeks, right? Uh, you know, mm -hmm. well, well, the government stinks. Okay. And, that, <laughs> and uh, this is wrong. And that's, that's what artists do. But I think what has happened now is it's just accusations and it's just negativity and finger pointing and polarization. And it's one thing to say, yes, this is wrong. Whatever your subject is, I, you know, I don't care. Um, but Ultimately, you must show it through people and you must show a light. You must give a path ahead, not a squeaky, gooey, sentimental path, but just to show that amid all the carnage, amid the dystopia, amid all the problems, there might be a way forward. There might be hope. And I think that's really important, which my books ultimately do. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, I agree. Hope is, is something to... You know, at the end of the day, no matter how dark it is, hope is all we have left sometimes. That's right. And yes. Well, that's why we're still here. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, <clears throat> so you came out with book one. Uh, it did really well. Book two, uh, you know, set the stage and it, and it brought things together where it really set up uh, book three. Now you got book three coming out. Discuss a little bit of, uh, you know, bringing it all home, you know, bringing it home, so to speak. Uh, what was it like? You know, did, did you see the end of the series in in your mind? Did you know how you wanted to finish it or did it kind of the picture kind of come clear as you were going? I had um, a vague idea where I wanted to end. Um, but the path of getting there was a. A mystery i mean i really envy writers who have it all planned out i just mm. don't uh, my wife um early in the process she set up um this cardboard um she called it a genius board and i was going to put up all the notes on uh post-its and you know this scene and that scene and this character and this arc and blah, 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 blah. and i did it i spent like the entire afternoon jotting down notes and putting it up there and i never looked at it again because that's <laughs> Right. Never. Never. It's, she said, oh, don't you want to look at it? Well, no, because it changes. Uh, and that's the joy of writing. Writing is really hard. Uh, I think, you know, people say, oh, I've got a great idea. I say, well, it's for a book. God bless you. Go ahead. Do it. But remember, <laughs> you're going to be editing and editing and editing. Because if you're a writer, you're wrong most of the time because you've just written something and said, oh, that doesn't work. Just think about it. 
right? You know what I'm talking about. It's just writing and writing. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't actually know all the time where I'm going to go in scene by scene. I start, now I start, um, oh, this scene is going to be about this. And now I know this is going to sound trippy, but you've had enough writers who, and I know I'm not the first person to say it, but the, their characters take over. <clears throat> they, mm-hmm. you're, right, you're suddenly writing and the scene is changing because the characters say, you're a schmuck. I, I, I wouldn't write like that. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> what are you thinking? I say, all right, fine. Take over. Let, you know, just do whatever you want. And and that's what happens. And it's a fascinating process. And people can say, well, wait, you know, you're being really precious because you created the characters. Well, I guess I, I happen to, um, the way I feel is that the door just opens and then they walk. And they have their names. Um, it's rare that I will ever change someone's name um, in these books because I wanted to be respectful of everyone. I would research, well, what's a common name, um, common Muslim name, for example, uh, last name, because I did research. Uh, and it's um, and, and the book does uh, go, it's, it, it encompasses America and um, Europe, uh, the caliphate, of, of Europe and various nations occupied under the Islamic empire. And I wanted to be respectful and not just come up and, you know, you know, you want to use the real names or names, right. likely names. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I don't change anything. You dig deeper, you learn more about the characters and they reveal themselves to you. But so mm-hmm. to me, the fun process is kind of having an idea where you're going and um, being a little surprised about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and and it's funny, we've talked about that before about characters that take over. I just had that happen a couple of days ago. I'm in the process right now of my edits on book two of my own series and much the same way. I don't, I don't plan it out, but I, I ran into an issue writing book two where I started writing book three by accident. Uh, <laughs> so I did, <laughs> so I did go back and I made notes at the top of uh, about 16 chapters saying, in this chapter, this is supposed to happen, and then this is supposed to happen, and then he meets this, and blah blah blah. Um, and then I went through, and that helped keep me just on track of okay, yeah, just stick to this storyline. Don't dive into book three yet. Um, and I had some chapters where I have in in the in an effort to have progress, I just kept some things very uh, plain, and uh, I said like, well, yeah, there was a battle. They came out of it and then this happened and then this character did this. And then now I'm like kind of fleshing out some of that. So I had a character who did something that it was just like, oh my gosh, yeah, that just makes total sense. And it was, again, it was one of those situations where the character was letting me know, yeah, hey, this is what's going to happen. And here's how that's going to make sense. And I looked at it and was like, oh, this is great. I love it. Now it did present a problem now that I have to go back to the, towards the beginning of the book and fix something else. I'm like, well, how do I fix that now? And it's like, I can hear the character saying, Hey, that's your problem. You figure <laughs> out how to, yeah, right. how to fix that. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Your name's on the front of the cover. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You're the writer. You figure out how I got yes. there. To begin exactly. with. Yes. This is just what works now. <laughs> yes. And, and it takes a while. It takes a long time. I did. Um, I dug out to piece the, the last book is manuscript pages was were about a hundred, 900, just over 900. Mm. Um, 
And I must have edited it nine times, 10 times, really. And you always catch something. I'm not talking about typos. There's always something where you say, well, okay, that could be better. But at a certain point, though, you must, the pencil's down. Okay. Yeah. It's just, oh, I mean, there's a, uh, Albert Camus, the famous French existential writer, one of his novels was The Plague. And um, in the book, there's a town clerk who has spent like, you know, like eight years working on the opening paragraph of his novel about this woman who rides into the town square um, on a horse naked. Like eight years, he's worked on this one paragraph and then he gets the plague and dies. So it's kind of like Camus saying, okay, see, <laughs> see, you got to let it go. You've got to, um, it, because writing is always organic. It's, let's be honest. Yes, there are times when you say, wow, that's right. That's perfect. But almost everything could always, well, maybe I should have done this. And you just have to let it be because at a certain point, it's, it's not up to the writer. You've, you've got to let the reader decide it and however they decide. Mm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to let it go at some point and And it is what it is from there. Um, yes. And and that's an interesting aspect I have. What does the reader think? And they'll you know, and you can talk to them, readers at uh, different events or, you know, you hear something from someone and they say, oh, yeah. And this one scene for this. And it just spoke to me because, you know, they were they were doing this. And I'm kind of looking at them going, they did. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember yes. that. And I'm, like, I'm wanting to like dive, dive back, look to see how this, uh, you know, and I don't know. I don't have the same experience, but it's, it's fascinating how books, I, I think more than any other genre um, of entertainment books affect people differently. And it's, it's a really unique experience. Well, yes, you're absolutely right. And I think the, when you say that, I thought about that and the, the why, because I also, as you say, I also write plays. So then you have the immediacy, okay? Um, you know, the live, and if you have a talk back, people, just the same experiences. Oh, that character did this, and you're like, oh, no, I don't think they did, but you don't say anything. But <laughs> I think, and I want to hear what you, why you think so, too. With novels, it's all in your head. Mm -hmm. With a movie, TV, theater, someone else is in the roles. Someone yeah, else yeah. is doing really the hard job of imagining what these people look like. And because we, we can describe all we want, what a character looks like, but at the end of the day, man, my blue ain't your blue. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, um, you know, three people are going to read your character description and, and you say, well, you know, find me a photograph online of the person who you think looks like that. And it's going to be pretty different. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that's why it is, the uniqueness of a novel, which makes it so beautiful and so splendid and why ultimately you have to revert back to these characters because it's the characters who linger in the mind. It's, yeah. you know, right. That's, you know, you in a movie, you don't say, oh, wow, you know, you keep thinking about the CGI. Well, I hope not, but it's the, it's the people who touch you, their journeys. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I totally agree. And it's, it's, it's like you're saying, it's, it's all so subjective and it's somebody who reads the same book. It's there's, there's so much of it's going to be based on their experiences in life and right. where they are. And, 
and, and like you said, you know, I, I was at a uh, writer's conference one time and somebody mentioned, um, you know, oh, well, you know, what if somebody writes something like I do? And, and the teacher says, uh, like, well, you know, it's not really a problem. It's not really something that's going to happen. He goes, Let me, let's do an experiment. So he wrote up uh, just a line up on it. And, and what he did was he did one line. He goes, all right, here's our story. Okay. And then people would raise their hands and it was like, let's get a setting. Uh, let's get a name and then a, uh, a, a problem. And so, you know, and these were random people in the class would shout out. Okay. And then he would pick, okay, yeah, there we go. So here's three things. Now take the next 30 minutes and write a story about this name, this plot and this setting. And everybody had something completely different, even though it was sure. about the same thing. And reading is just like that. It, it's, it's going to be, you could be reading the same thing, but you'll have a completely different experience. And I think that's why whenever it comes to movies or, or, you know, plays, even it's the director, the producers, their interpretation of it. And if you've read the book beforehand, you're like, Oh yeah, I don't think that's how that's supposed yeah. to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know, with the novel, good or bad, it's your name there. That's it. Yeah. You know, blame Gary, blame Jason, praise Gary, praise Jason. It's us. Uh, you know, I know at least theater where you collaborate. And that's wonderful. I mean, that's a there's a wonderfulness about it when you write a play and people have different um, input and insights and perceptions of the characters. And then they, you know, dig in and they create backstories for characters, which is mm -hmm. wonderful. Well, do you think the character would? I say, sure, I guess. Okay, because you you can only think back so much. So the characters do that. The director does that. Um, they'll emphasize different lines. It's a very interesting, you know. Also, but also, you know, why did they'll ask? Why did you write that line? I mean, and sometimes you know, Jason. Sometimes it just sounds good. You don't have any great, <laughs> right? It's not like yeah. you know haven't touched your forehead it just well, go, yep that's good you know and you, you know you don't want to sound yep. too stupid you know, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah i, I it, it's such an experience wherever i i had i had it in mind how i wanted to end a scene but then again the characters are talking to me and it's flowing organically through and i get to a part where it's like oh there doesn't need to be any more words here that's yeah. the end right there. And I'm left with all these words and like this, oh, I wanted to have this epic, you know, phrase here at the end. It's like, but it's not necessary. It it yeah. takes away from the emotions of the way this ended right here. So it's like, oh, yeah. okay, let me write this down yes. somewhere though, because I, I like it. Yes. I'm, I won't put it here, I guess. <laughs> yes. Well, and it's always, and look, a lot, it's guesswork. It's constant yeah. guesswork because no one's, as you're writing, you know, one's saying, oh, yeah, good or bad. But, you know, you're, you're doing it. You have to decide whether it fits or not. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Sometimes you don't want to hit the reader over the head. I mean, you could be dramatic, but you don't want to go over the top. Because mm -hmm. you've got yeah. to step back and give them, right? You've got to give them room. And I don't like when writers, um, you know, in, in, inject themselves so much. It's, it's not what I thought I wrote. It's what you thought I wrote. And you've got to give them that room yeah, because there's no exactly. wrong. I mean, you know, if they get the name wrong, for example, okay, that's wrong. 
But for the most part, like we said, whatever you, you whatever you do, and it's a process. It's a fascinating process. Um, you know, I've been writing my first experience doing stories. I was in first grade, as I'm told by my, my as my parents had told me the story, and um, my mother gets called to school. Now, this is back in the days when when your mother got called to school. That was scary. That was bad. <laughs> Okay, this was not like today where, you know, it's just the Wild West, all right? Um, and the teacher had my mother look through the um, the, the, the window, the, the, the glass window pane in the front door. They used to have them and they were metal grilled and all. And there I was with pencils, making up stories and screaming and yelling. And the teacher said, I don't want to, you know, can control or curb his, his creativity, but the, the class is listening to him, not me. Ah. So, and that was my first experience. But of course, you know, in the Bronx in those days, it was thought, all right, maybe our son, you know, something's wrong with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a little weird. Okay. This is not how a first grader behaves, but it is if you're creative. And, um, and that was my really first introduction to, to writing. I was maybe, Later, I was maybe eight or nine. I was writing short stories about this um, shortstop for the Yankees named Davey. I forget his last name. You know, and I, I would write. I would write because I think, and this is, again, not especially unique, but, you know, artists, writers, if you have, like, um, difficult families and you want to escape, that's what I used to do. I would escape my very difficult family and hide out in the room and make things up where the world came out a lot better. Mm. And of course, the trick is you have to come back to the real world. Some people, they right. stay there. Well, that's not good. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, then you need a lot of medicine. But uh, but that's what, you know, writers and artists and performers do. We, you know, we go into our little world where it's safer and it's more easily controlled. Well said. Well said. Well, speaking of of worlds that are controlled uh, what was what was it like to to complete the series uh the of the dark depths you know to to reach the end of it you know this is the end what was that that feeling well there's a little sadness uh, mm -hmm. i mean there was the sense of accomplishment but i've been with these characters almost all of them um, for eight and a half years and to say goodbye to, to them, a few, a few died along the way, not many, but you know, it, it happens, but none of the mm -hmm. really no main character died. Um, it was, it made me, you know, it teared me up to think that I would not be writing them and I would not be hanging out with them. Uh, it, it was a very emotional feeling to put it aside. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was. That's it. And, and to, 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 um, like you said, spend so much time with them and then to write the end and, yeah. and, and kind of like we were talking about before to then push it aside and, and say it's over. Yes. I mean, what, what an accomplishment. Yes. But I can always reread it. So, you know, <laughs> but I don't <laughs> think I'm going to, you know, I think, but I think I said what I had to say, I yeah. think to, 
you know, it, I mean, it, the book ends, the characters come together, there is closure for them, but not people don't like walk off into the distance, skipping and holding hands. I mm-hmm. leave a world, like I said, where there is hope, where there have been achievements, but it's still perilous. It's still on the precipice and still requires people trusting and, and working towards, towards peace and towards mm-hmm. understanding and, and the belief, which um, I've, I mean, one thing that usually resonates in my, in my work is that there's more that unites us than divides us. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, it's easy to say that you don't see a lot of instances of it around, especially of late. Um, but, at the end of the day, I want to believe there's most people are good. And I'm not sounding, you know, like Anne Frank in the attic say, you know, people are basically good. But I think basically people are decent and are good. And it's, we just get put to at each other. And uh, I don't, you know, I think we have to find our way back to that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's wonderful. So, uh, before we uh before we finish up here i wanted to hear a little bit about you know what you've been up to the past uh, two years since we last spoke i know you had some plays uh, what all what all else you've been working on well i think the you know this book and the plays um my play a black and white cookie well op- this past summer opened in los angeles and in new jersey for a while it was actually running simultaneously for a couple weekends mm-hmm. um and it's about the relationship between a conservative African-American newsstand owner and an eccentric communist Jew who get together and take on the system. And again, there's more that unites us than divides us. And my latest play, um, Dancing on Glass, which is oh so timely. And uh, it's about, um, takes on uh, anti-Zionism and political bullying at a private school in Brooklyn. So it, it couldn't be more timely unfortunately yeah yeah wow so what uh what's next for you as far as uh novel wise do you have uh have an idea i have an idea i don't want to yeah. say yet because I, <laughs> right now it's i have the title i thought oh that's a good title oh i'd like that <laughs> wow you know i usually don't say that but i was like wow that's a good title and then so i kind of know what the story would be you know as much as i ever know but until you start writing, you don't know. Right. You don't know. It, it won't be dystopian. It won't be set in the you know, future. Um, it'll be more contemporary and a smaller cast. Okay. That's great. You know, and that's something that I, I, I thought about asking about with the series. And, and um, you know, it sounds like you're kind of looking into this here. Is, and it's something I'm dealing with with my series is that struggle to stay focused on a central storyline and not allow the world to grow because every book, it's going to continue to grow a little bit, but at some point it's like, Oh man, it's going to get out of hand. And it's like, here's a storyline. There's a storyline. Oh, here's the quote bad guys and their storyline as well. Cause everybody's got a story, but it's like, yeah, you got, you got to have that stick that, uh, that through line of uh, where yes. people can follow this you know, main story. It's- Yes. And I, and I try not to, I, you know, I have some bad guys, but I try not to have bad guys, bad guys. Even when I disagree with, even, even when I disagree with a character, 
mm-hmm. I like to show them that enough respect to give their point of view. Yeah. And to make it sincere. And I think that's really important. Sometimes the writers, they have their avatars. And I think we really need, we, you need to present all points of view, whether you like it or not. Because as we know, there's some nasty stuff out there. But then yeah. it's up to the audience to decide. Ultimately, it's up to the audience. You can't say, well, this is how you to believe, because I don't, you know, I believe very strongly in freedom of thought. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. Well, Gary, where uh, where can people find and follow you? Well, um, you could go. My books are, at, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, yada, yada. If you go to uh, my publishers, uh, bhcpress.com. So you can read about them there. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram as myself. Um, and uh, Twitter at, at writer Gary. Wonderful. Perfect. All right, everybody. So I'm going to have links for all that in the show notes, Thank you. Thank as, you. as well as uh, links to our past episodes, uh, episode 118 and 167. So you all can go back and hear some of our, our past discussions, like the idiosyncrasies of writing characters to take over, which we touched on some of that today. Uh, one of the fascinating discussions we had was using zoom for theater production. We talked about yeah. Sharknado and of course <laughs> the ever present, everything bagel with a smear of cream cheese yes you got that yes <laughs> very so, it, it expands the mind it does <laughs> so try right. it that's right so all of that will be in the show notes uh next week everybody make sure you tune back in so you can hear a sample chapter from for the ending of the dark deaths novel trilogy it's a dugout for peace coming out december 5th but you can hear a sample from it next week Uh, Gary, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for next week. So until then, everybody, take care. Thank you.